Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. best life. And this message is one that is deep inside of me um, that I'm really excited to share. We're going to be doing communion at the end of service, so please don't leave um, at the very end, but stick around so that we can take communion corporately as a body. Um, To kick off this this message today, I wanted to, to open and to start by reading the verse John 10, verse 10. And it says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, it's Jesus talking here. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in an abundance to the full till it overflows. Let's read that one more time. John 10, 10 out of the Amplified Version. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Here's here's the truth about this verse. Most of us, when it comes to John 10.10, we probably somewhere on the spectrum of we're not quite there. Um, and, And our culture, this is something we want to do. This is this is like all of us, we want to live our best life, and that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. I came that you may live your best life, right? Your abundant life, your, your overflowing life. And we, we come to this place and we say, man, I want to live my best life. And we spend all kinds of time and money and we invest in resources on how to make us better, how to get us better, how that you and I could live this life to its full, to its best life. And Jesus is saying this, man, I came that, that you may experience it, that it can be a reality. But the reality is, the reason we're investing so much in it, the reason that we're doing and trying to to, to make this a reality is that most of us were missing this. And in this past series, I've encouraged all of us to do the hard thing the last few weeks. That that if if real change is going to happen, you and I, somewhere along the the line of life, we've got to stop doing what we've always done, what is easy, and we've got to choose to do the hard thing so that real change can happen because we're really committed to changing us so that we can live our best life. And so the good news is today, I'm not going to invite you today to do the hard thing today. Instead, I'm going to ask you to do something even harder. You're welcome. Um, Today, I'm going to ask you to be honest. And I'm not talking about be honest with your pastor. Today, I'm going to ask you to be honest with you. 
Because we're really good at deceiving ourselves. And all throughout the Bible, it's, it talks about don't deceive yourself, don't fool yourself. Why would Paul, why would the apostles, why would the disciples write this? Because they knew even back in biblical times, we were really good at fooling ourselves. We were really good at not being honest with ourselves. And so today, I'm going to ask you, man, man, in a very real, raw, scary type of way, that this morning, man, you would just be honest with you. That you would be honest with you as we dive into this message. Because what I believe is this, is that some of us, if we, if we were being honest, if we were being real, what we are showing isn't what we are living. The, 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 the Sunday face, like, like we all look great today. Congratulations. You guys look good. You look sharp. You know, look beautiful, ladies. Um, you know, even if it's your birthday, Kate, you look good. You know, I mean, you, you, it, it, you, we, we look great. And, and we, we put off this persona that everything is great and everything is wonderful. But for some of us, the reality is, and for a lot of us, the reality is, if we were to be really honest, just truthfully honest, some of us were living a lie. Some of us were living a lie. Have you ever, have you ever lived a lie? It's a truthful question. Have, have you ever, <laughs> truthful question, have you ever lied, right? Have you ever lived, not just lied, have you ever lived a lie? I, I have. I have lived a lie. Um, the story I'm about to tell you is not one of my most proud moments in my life. Um, this is before I realized I was supposed to be a role model. It was my senior year in college. In Bible, I know it was my Bible college. It was my last semester. Cut me some slack. Um, but we are in um, the Bible as literature class um, with a professor named Amy Alexander. I've never shared this story ever in public. Um, my daughters know this, but it's, it's time to stop living a lie. Um, so I had Amy Alexander three times before this class, right? It's a smaller college. I've had her three times before this class. And at the beginning of this class, she, she comes before the class and says, I'm giving you a piece of paper. This is because we didn't have the internet back then. Okay, I'm that old, yes. And so they gave you a piece of paper and you actually used a pencil. And so you wrote down... Uh, and she said, I want to know what you are wanting to see happen this semester. Amy Alexander knows me. I was not a serious person in college like I am now. Um, and so uh, I wrote on there, this semester, I would like to find my biological parents. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and I turned it in. Now. I thought nothing of it. I was like, that's hilarious, right? The kids, once again, don't do what I have done. Like, learn from this lesson. Don't repeat this lesson. And so I turn it in, thinking nothing of it. Tell my buddies that are sitting around me, think nothing of it. A week later, class comes around. I'm like, okay, it's great. It's all boiled over. We're back to the next Friday. We're here. We're good. Um, and as we're getting ready to start class, Dr. Alexander says, class, um, I read over your papers that you turned in last Friday. And I want us to pause just for a second and stop um, because one person sent in uh, uh, what they're really believing and what they really want to see happen this semester. And it just makes so much sense to me now. Um, 
And she said, I would like for the class to gather around Justin because he's believing to find his true biological parents. <laughs> My eyes got this big. And there's no, there's no time. There's no abort button. There's no like eject, eject. So they surround me and so the whole class starts praying for me, right? <laughs> Amy, Dr. Alexander's crying. Um, my friends are like praying for me, but they're shaking because they're laughing. You know, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, and, and here's the deal. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Dr. Alexander came up and kept asking, have you, have you, any luck? Any luck? I am praying and I'm believing. I'm like, man, we're still searching. We're still, we're still looking, Right. Here's the problem. It's the semester of my last semester of my senior year, right? I'm graduating in May, which means my biological parents, my only parents, are coming to graduation where they're going to meet Dr. Alexander this, this semester of living a life. So I had to, like, like, run, you know, I had to, like, tell my parents, give them the lowdown, what's happening. I said, mom and dad, hey, here's what happened. I told Dr. Alexander I'm adopted and that we're praying and we're believing and you guys are cool with it. My mom got mad and my dad's like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Graduation happens. Dr. Alexander comes up to my parents. My mom walks away again like, I can't, I can't, I can't live this lie, right? I birthed you. Um, <laughs> And my, she could, man, what amazing parents that you would be open to Justin finding his biological parents. We've been praying for this. It just makes so sense. The reason he is the way he is. And we're just, and my dad was like, man, we're believing with him as well. Like, yes. I have never told Dr. Amy Alexander that that was a lie. So if you are watching Dr. Amy Alexander, I am so sorry. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's why I'm telling you this. It's there comes a place where there's no point of return, right? <laughs> like, I didn't know how to correct the ship. Like, I didn't know how to get back on, because it veered off, and it veered off fast, baby. And I was like, ah. And for some of us, you're right there. You're right there. And it happened so fast, I don't, I, I'm like, how, how, how did that even happen, right? Like, how did that even, and some of you, the, the, the crazy thing is you're asking that about your life now. How did this even, how, how did this come about? And I got to tell you, it happened, if we were to be really honest today, if we were to be really truthful with ourselves, it happened one compromise at a time, right? It, it happened you compromising a little bit at a time over time. And here's what I know to be true. Simply this, big regrets start with small compromises. Big regrets start with small compromises. Big affairs, hear me, no affair is small, right? Your affair didn't just happen, it started with small compromises. Your divorce didn't just happen, it started with small Compromising. You, you embezzling money, you cheating on taxes didn't just happen. 
It started with small compromises along the way. You being addicted to what you're addicted to didn't just happen. It happened because you made small compromises over time that led you to a place where now you're dealing with a whole lot of regrets and you're going, how in the world did I get here? Simple. You compromised your way there. Proverbs, one of my favorite verses, says this. Proverbs 22, verse 3, and it's the exact same verse in, in chapter 27, verse 12. It says, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. The wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. I love this verse because it's just, it, I, I get it, right? Like, I get it. The Bible is saying this, it's that it doesn't say that, that you're never going to experience danger, that you're never going to experience uh, temptation. It simply says this, if you are living your life in a wise way, you're not oblivious to danger, you're not living with your head in the sand, but you see danger ahead and you take action to avoid it. But the foolish thing is to, to, to ignore the danger. And to just keep going. And here's what we do, right? If we were to be honest, here's what you and I do. We just close our eyes and hope it doesn't happen to us. And that's no way to live your life. That's no way to live your best life. Because here's what we do. And, and here's what starts happening is we start compromising and we start one little compromise leads to another little compromise to another compromise. And we come to this place where we're like, how did I end up here and you know the answer i know the answer right we, we know this the truth the, the honest truth is we just didn't take any action we compromised our way because the fool keeps going and gets in trouble oldest daughter is learning to drive right now um, she's not in driver's ed um, you're looking at it and Driving school with the pastor. We're going to start our own business. But um, so we're trying to learn some basic things. Um, and, and Charlie's been doing great. We've been out several times. Um, Got to be tough for her because the first thing she's driving is a truck, right? So that's not the easiest thing to learn on. I get that. Um, and we drive in a parking lot and we're teaching and we're doing all this stuff. And she was doing good. So I was like, hey, we don't need to just go in straight lines and, and you know, just where there's no car. We need to start learning to park, learning to reverse, learning to take sharp turns. And then one of our sharp turns, Charlie is heading um, to this turn, but she is not paying attention to the back and she's about to hit a sign. And I, I you know, some of you, you, you've got the brake, you're right. I don't have the brake on my side. I'm like, ah. And so I say, Charlie, stop. And I say it very calm. And then she hits the gas. And I'm like, ah, Charlie, stop. You know, I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, I get him confused. I'm like, we got to work on that because that's a big deal. <laughs> right? That's a big deal. But I just said, stop. And she stopped and we were all calm. I'm like, hey, let's just switch spots. I go, you're about to hit a sign that you don't see. So why don't we stop? Why don't we take some action here and get us out of trouble so that there's no damage to my truck, right? So there's no damage to our relationship as a result. <laughs> See, the dumb thing would have been, Charlie, just gun it, right? Just gun it and let's see what happens, right? Just, just you know, pedal to the floor, just go and let's hope 
that we don't hit that sign. We were going to hit the sign. Let's hope, though, that we're the exception to the rule, that God went in. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not wise. But that's how you and I live our lives. And can I tell you, hope is the worst strategy to live your life based on. Hope is not a strategy. You have hope because of who your Savior is. But if you're hoping bad things don't happen, even though you're compromising yourself and putting yourself heading towards danger, man, that is a really poor way to live your life. There's got to be change. There's got to be some of us this morning. we got to stop, and we've got to take action. But here's the truth. Most of us won't be willing to change our actions because we would rather just keep compromising instead of dealing with the truth. So, so here's what happens with compromise. Here's what we begin doing with compromise when we gun it instead of stop and change it. First thing is this, is we cover our compromise. Right? If you keep compromising long enough, eventually you cover it up. Compromise eventually always leads to cover up. Don't believe me? Watch the news. Don't, it, it, this is applicable to pastors. This is applicable to CEOs. This is applicable to college students. This is just true. We cover up our, our compromise. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. If you hide your sins, you will not succeed. If you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. If you hide your sins, you're not going to live a successful life. You're not going to be a successful spouse. You're not going to be a successful student. You're not going to be, oh, you may be successful to a point, but there's going to be a point in time where you have to answer for the compromises you made. And we call that word consequences. And we don't like dealing with consequences, but it's the byproduct of compromise. And you and I here, we have a choice. We can either own up to it or we can keep covering it up. Here's what I know about you and me, is that when it comes to life, I don't have to talk you into a wise, good, prudent idea. What, why, let's flesh that out even more. You don't have to talk yourself into a good, wise, prudent idea, right? You're like, oh, I really have to sell myself on that really good idea that I just had. No, um, but if you are getting to, ready to make a decision, a choice that isn't wise, that isn't prudent, that is a bad idea, you have to talk yourself into it, right? And we're great at this. Like, think of, think of, if a salesman talked to you the way that you talk to yourself when you get ready to go buy things, think about what would it, you would never buy anything. You would not go into that, that store for the new phone and be like, this is exactly like the one you have. It's just shinier, right? You would, you would not, this just helps you take better duck face pictures. It would not make you buy, you'd be like, get out of here. I don't, this TV is exactly like the TV you have. It's just curved. I'm sold. No, you would walk out, right? You'd be like, it's the exact same thing I have. Ladies, you would not like, if they were like, hey, these eyelashes are just like the eyelashes you have. I know they're $200, right? I know that they're like, whoa, you know, and if it makes you feel good, you are good, right? Like you would not You'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I got eyelashes. Why am I paying $200 for eyelashes? If you have $200 eyelashes, we're glad you're here. Like, I'm not. <laughs> Don't be like, oh, gosh, I need to take them off because um, that's weird, right? Here's the deal. We have to, we are great at deceiving ourselves. And it comes to this place when people are like, oh, I see you got a new phone. Oh, yeah, totally got a great deal. 
Totally killer deal. You did not. You paid $700 for that new iPhone. Oh, killer deal. Killer. Yeah, it was killer. Oh, so you got a new TV. Yeah, yeah, my parents bought it for me. No, they didn't. Oh, yeah, you know, Best Buy gave it to me. No, they didn't. You did not acquire that many points on that Best Buy card. I know it takes forever, and I still can't even get like a DVD. Who buys a DVD anyways? But I still can't buy one. No, why, why, why do we cover it up? Why? Because even though it's a small, small compromise that we knew we shouldn't have bought it, but we did it anyways, and that's not the whole. We cover it up rather than being really honest with it because that's what we're trained to do with compromise. Some of you and some of me, there's only one me, I know that. <laughs> like, how many people do you see up there, Justin? Because <laughs> I see one. We have to understand that Jesus said this, I came that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly, that you would have it to the full, overflowing. He didn't say that I came that you may feel guilty about your life, that you might live in such a way that you've got to cover it all up so people don't see the real you. No, that's no way to live your best life. If you're going to live your best life, it's about getting honest and it's about getting real and saying, man, if... If I'm going to live life like the wise, i got to stop and i got to be real rather than cover up because real change doesn't happen until we get real. Second thing is this. The second thing that we do with compromise is this, is we minimize and excuse it. We minimize and we excuse it. Proverbs 14 verse 9 says this, fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it and seek reconciliation. Fools make fun of guilt. You, you, you've seen this. You've seen this played out, right? We laugh about what we've done. We laugh about how dumb we were. We laugh about how we screwed our lives up. And because if we can laugh about it and if we can make you laugh about it, then it takes the sting away. But the problem with that is this. After laughter dies down after a while, the sting still remains. Some of us, we just keep excusing the way that we've lived. We minimize it with laughter. We minimize it by making fun of it. And when that's not enough, we start excusing it. Well, if they would have been in the type of marriage that I was in, they would have done the same thing. If they would have had the type of upbringing that I had, then they would have done the same thing. Well, well if, if you would have dealt with tempta the temptation, the temptations that I deal with are completely different than the temptations that anybody else in this place has dealt with. But check this out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Right? You can't excuse it away. Paul takes that away. He's saying, hey, listen, what temptations you're facing isn't any different than what other people are facing. And God is faithful, and he will not let the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And here's what this Bible verse is saying. This is what the scripture is saying. Your temptation is no different, but your reaction has to be. Right? Your temptation is no different. But your reaction to it, if we're going to live this best life, it has to be. Because if not, going back to our text, if we just keep closing our eyes and hoping it doesn't happen to us, hoping we don't, don't, don't get into trouble, the Bible says this, the fools keep going and get in to trouble. In trouble. When I say the word in trouble, when I say that phrase, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You're in trouble. 
like there's fear. I'm, I'm saying it, it still freaks me out, right? Like I'm like, dad gummit, not again. Like you're in trouble. You, you know that feeling. And some of you, that is the reality of your life. You're in trouble. And this morning, you've been compromising and you have compromised your way to a place where if we were to be, if we were to be honest, if we were to be real, you've made small compromises for so long and you've covered it up for so long, you don't know how to come back. You, you don't know how to recover. And here's what I want you to know. Here's, here's the hope that you should live life with. Your redemption, redemption is one choice, one step, and one moment away. Redemption, redemption of your story, your turnaround, your comeback, whatever you want to call it, is literally one choice, one step, and one moment away. To be redeemed means this. It means the act of being saved from sin or buying one's freedom. That's what redeem means. And some of you, you are so desperate for it and you feel stuck because your life's in trouble and hear me this morning i don't know what your situation is but this is true for every single one of us in this place your redemption your comeback your turnaround you turning the ship around is one choice one step and one moment away bible illustrates this perfectly when jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son you know the story, I know the story, so we're going to kind of make it a 2020 version of this story. Um, here's what happens. When Jesus is talking about the prodigal son, there's this, uh, this older Jewish man that has two sons, and his youngest son is a spoiled, rotten brat, okay? Um, and he comes to his dad, and he's like, Dad, I don't want to wait for you to die. I want all of my inheritance now, which is a huge insult um, to, 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 to this dad, to this father. And so for some reason, the dad agrees, and he gives the youngest son all all the money, all the inheritance that he's going to receive when he dies. And this young Jewish boy goes to Vegas, right? And he goes to Vegas and it says that he spent all his money on wild living, which means partying, which means he was throwing his yarmulke off. He was eating pig. I mean, he was going crazy, right? Um, because all that's not, not, not okay being, you know, it's not kosher. So he's eating hot dogs. He's going nuts, right? And he's ruined, I mean, he spent all of his money, and then when the moment he spent all his money, the, the uh, 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 recession hits. And he's out of money. Can't find a job. Can't go back home, right? Because he already told his dad he'd rather wish he was dead so he can just get his money and, and, and leave forever. So what's he do? He starts working at a pig farm. He starts feeding the pigs, and, the, and he's so hungry, he's so broke, that the food he's giving the pig starts looking like a valid option to him. And what never was an option all of a sudden becomes one when you compromise enough. And some of you, you, you would have never, you never would be where you, no way. But you compromised enough a little bit over time and it has led you to the situation you are. And yet in the midst of that saying, I can't, I can't he starts reasoning with himself. He says, you know what, I may not be worthy to be a son ever again, but man, even the hired hands, even my dad's servants are treated better than this. And if I just go home, I can at least have meals and, and be clean. And so there's a choice he makes. There's one choice he makes. There's one step he takes. 
that leads to one moment that is found in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. One choice led to one step that brought one moment that brought redemption to his situation. And what is true for the prodigal son is true for you today. I, I don't know what the cover-up is. I don't know where you feel like you're stuck. I don't know where you feel like, man, I'm in trouble, and I don't know what to do. But what I do know is this. You're only one choice, one step, one, step, one moment away. A lot of us in this place, you remind me of Shrek the sheep. I don't know if you have heard of Shrek the sheep. Not Shrek the ogre, Shrek the sheep. Um, you say it a bunch and see if you can keep saying it. Um, now that my daughter's in FFA, I am enthralled in sheep things. Um, and so um, this is Shrek the sheep. Let me show you a picture of Shrek the sheep. True, true story. Um, he became, several, became famous several years ago when he was found. Shrek the sheep was found hiding in caves for six years. Um, he, was, he was living, I don't know how something didn't eat this thing, first off. I'm like, how, how did this survive, right? Um, but Shrek the sheep was hiding for six years in caves, away from the care of his shepherd. And a sheep normally will carry about 10, maybe 15 pounds of wool, this type of sheep, um, of wool, um, but Shrek the sheep, when he was found six years later, is carrying 60 pounds of wool. He's got briars. He's got junk. He's, got, it, he's a mess. He is, it, it's weighing his body down. His body is being stressed out. And yet, when he is found by his shepherd, it took 28 minutes for a professional shearer to come in and remove all the wool that Shrek had been carrying around for six years. All the filth, all the weight, all of that changed the moment he came into his shepherd's presence. Luke chapter 10, verse 10. This passage is found in the same passage where Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. He is your good shepherd. And some of you, you look just like Shrek the sheep. You're weighed down, and you're bogged down, and you're burned down, and you were, your life was never supposed to look like that. And he says this, you're one choice, you're one step, you're one moment away of your life being completely changed. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe you feel like you're in trouble. Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you don't know how to recover. Jesus says this, come on. Come on. Make a choice. Take a step. And let there be a moment that changes your life so that you can live your best life ever. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. <clears throat> and God, I pray right now that in this place, in this moment, that we would just be honest. God, that we would just get real. Be, 
because real change can't happen until we get real, until we get honest. Lord, some of us, we're, we're desperate to live our best life, but we keep excusing why we're not. We keep minimizing why it isn't a reality. We keep covering up the reality of our life. And Lord, that's, that's no way to live. Lord, some of us, we're, we're just like me back in Bible college. That Lord, there was a situation that went way too far and we didn't know how to recover. We didn't know how to come back from it. Lord, we may, we may have everybody fooled, but the reality is this, is that really deep down inside, no matter how much we've justified it, no matter how much we've minimized it and talked ourselves into it, God, we know the reality of where we are in life. And so it's not about portraying something today. It's about being something today. It's not about pretending. It's about being and so, God, I pray today, there's some of us that we're just so weighed down like this sheep. God, we are, our life is stressed. Our life is burdened. And we are worn out. And your invitation is this. It isn't how dare you. It isn't shame on you. It is come home. It's come to me. It is make that one choice and make that one step so there can be that one moment that changes the whole trajectory of your life. You're forever. So you can live your, come to me so you can live your best life. Lord, I pray today that that would be the reality for us that is here. Lord, we would learn not to pretend not to call it something other than what it is, but Lord, right now, that there would be a moment for some of us that is life-changing and alters our path. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And where I'm at in my relationship with Jesus Christ is not where I should be. And I'm tired of pretending, and I, some of you, maybe you don't even know how you got here. But this is your moment. This is your moment to take, to make your one choice, to take your one step that leads to one moment of total redemption. And today you say, that's me. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to raise your hand. And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change the trajectory of your life that allows you to have one moment that changes all the others. One, two, Three, is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven. Is there anyone else you join these seven hands? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else you join these eight hands that are lifted? You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, man, I I don't want to miss this moment. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of portraying something that's just not the reality of where I'm at. And, and, And... you don't want to miss this moment. You say, Justin, that's me. Is there anyone else? You join these eight hands that are lifted before we go any further. Yeah, I see your hand. Is there? Yeah, I see your hand. You join these 10 hands that are lifted before we go any further. Man, please, as your pastor, don't miss this moment. Don't miss, Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these 11 hands that are lifted before we go any further. You say, that's me. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I've messed up. And in some ways, I don't even know how I got here, but nonetheless, I am. And so I ask for your forgiveness. 
God, I'm making a choice and a step towards you. And I pray that there would be forgiveness of my sins. And I turn from what I've been living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.